Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. So today I, w- I have a message to bring to you called Pillow Talk. The power of a pillow. If you're a note taker, I've got a few truths that I want to leave you with today. What's really cool is that this message was birthed um, from a sermon that Pastor Burt Wimberly brought at the prophetic conference a couple of years ago, right here at One Cause Church. And he was preaching out of Mark 4, and we're going to start in verse 35 today. But he's telling the story. It's a really familiar story about when Jesus and his disciples got in a boat to cross over to the other side. And some things happened on the way. But one of the things that this passage talks about is that Jesus laid down on a pillow. Let's start in Mark 4, verse 35. It says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke with him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Father, we thank you for your word today that is living and powerful. Lord, I thank you that as the word goes forth, it will be seed planted in the hearts and lives of your people that will bring forth an incredible harvest because those who are planted in the house of God flourish in the courts of our God. So I thank you for flourishing lives today in the matchless name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. So Pastor Bert, he's preaching out of this passage and he goes, It says that Jesus was asleep on a pillow. He's like, I don't know why it says that, but it's funny that it says it. I'm like, I got to know why it says that. And so I started studying it. And would you believe that the word pillow is only in the Bible one time? In the entire Bible, pillow only shows up in this passage. So, you know, God doesn't do anything by accident. And I believe that there's some real significance to this story and about the pillow specifically. It says that he was asleep on a pillow. The word asleep means to lie down and rest. And I don't know about you, but I do not get good rest unless I am asleep on a pillow. Derek recently got this thing called a pillow cube. I don't know if anybody in here owns one, but it changed his life. I'm just here to tell you, it totally changed his life. When he sleeps on that pillow cube, he gets the best sleep of his life. He's like, my neck doesn't hurt anymore when I wake up in the morning. He feels great. Me, I'm the type of person that, like, I need, I don't know, 50 pillows, something like that. Like, I got to have a pillow behind me, a pillow on my head, a pillow in front of me. And Derek's like, hey, can I get in there? Any way I can get anywhere near you? I'm like, nope. It's just me and my pillows here asleep. But that's the way that I get really good rest is when I'm sleeping on a pillow. And, you know, something else that's interesting about this passage is it says that Jesus was asleep on a pillow in the stern of the boat. Now, I didn't know anything about boats until I started studying this out. I always kind of assumed that Jesus was like, hey, guys, let's cross over to the other side. I'm going to go down inside the ship where it's quiet, and I'm going to get some sleep. But no, if you know anything about boats... The stern is at the back of the ship. 
So Jesus is asleep on a pillow with it pouring down rain on him in the back of the ship. It says that, that the rain was so bad. I mean, the disciples were like, we're dying. They were scared that they were going to die. And Jesus was just chilling asleep. And, you know, even for me, when I'm wrapped around my pillows and I'm sleeping inside my house, if a storm comes, it wakes me up. Much less if you were outside and that happened, right? <laughs> See, my son, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a little story on my son. I love you, baby. This is my, my middle son right here on the front row. He is a teenage boy. And I don't know about any of you other teenage boys in here, or if you have a teenage son. I've never seen anything like it. This kid can sleep through no less than 10 alarms. And his alarm is that alarm that's like, eh, 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 you know? I can be in my room with my noisemaker on that I sleep to, my door shut, and I can hear his alarm, but he can't hear it. <laughs> But the creator of heaven and earth, the son of God, he's not a teenage boy, you know? I'm sure it would have been easy for him to wake up from that place if he would have wanted to. But what happened, what was different about what happened with Jesus in this situation, the reason that he slept so soundly on this pillow through a storm is because he had already sent out his word. See, Jesus said, Let's get in the boat and let's cross over to the other side. He believed that what he said would happen. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I love it in the New Living. It says, It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. It's not like Jesus was like, hey, let's cross over to the other side. The storm shows up, and he's like, and they're freaking out and saying, Jesus, we're perishing. And he's like, I know what I said, guys, but I had no idea a storm was coming. Sorry. It's not like 2,000 years ago when Jesus said, it is finished, and this will was enacted that said, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed, that God now is saying, oh, but I didn't know a global pandemic was going to happen. No, his word is true always. It stands the test of time. And when you as a believer send his word out and you go to that place of rest like Jesus did, it will accomplish what you send it out to do every single time. So the first thing I want to leave with you, the first truth is say what you want and go straight to the pillow called rest. He already said it was going to happen and he believed it. One of the virgins says that they had to shake him to wake him up. So not only is it storming and he's not waking up, but they had to physically shake him to say, wake up. He was so deep in rest. My kids... I love my children with all my heart, and I keep telling on them today, but <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a parent, you've probably experienced this. I don't ever really get much time to take naps, but when I do, I cherish that, okay, that I get to actually lay down and rest in the middle of the day, and inevitably, the moment you fall asleep, okay, <laughs> and I don't understand how they don't understand this, but 
You're, you're laying there, eyes closed, maybe snoring a little bit, and my kids are like, Mom, Mom, are you asleep? I'm like, not anymore. <laughs> but Jesus was so kind. They shook him awake. Hear me when I say this. So many times we find ourselves speaking the word, saying what we want to see happen, and then we go and lay down, and we do what the great theologians, Metallica, say. Sleep with one eye open, gripping our pillow tightly. <laughs> We're like, Jesus, I trust you with my finances. I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to go lay down and rest. And then all of a sudden, here come the thoughts. And things aren't going the way you thought they were. And you're like, God, I knew you needed my help. I'm going to have to get up and help you do this. <laughs> it happens all the time. And there's no condemnation in that. But if we really knew who we were, and we knew that we knew how loved we were, we would rest. When we speak the word, we would rest in what Jesus has done. But you know what I love about God? He's so gracious and loving, isn't he? Even when we get up out of that place of rest, he is there. He is there with us. But if we, if we are taking it back up over and over again, we take back control. God's only in control of what you allow him to be in control of in your life. He's given us the authority over our lives. He's given us the authority to speak and to see things happen. That's how things happen in the earth is by the words of your mouth. That's the way things happen in your life, is by what you speak. You know, Acts 2.17 says, in the last days that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, that his sons and daughters would prophesy. You have the power to be the prophet of your life. So what are you going to say? What are you going to speak? Are you going to speak what you're seeing in front of you, or are you going to speak the word of God? over your situation. But even if you find yourself up and worrying and in fear and anxious, God is so gracious and loving. And Jesus shows us that even if we're there saying, where are you, God? Do you not see that I'm perishing? He gets up and he shows us by example how we're supposed to do this. He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. See, Jesus spoke to the problem, not about the problem. The disciples were talking about the problem. Jesus just got up and started speaking to the problem. And I think that's something that we need to think about as Christians, as children of God. We need to stop talking to our God about our problems, but start talking to our problems about our God. Start telling our problems who our God is. And we will start to see things change. That word wind means a violent agitation and stream of air coming from all four corners. About, um, I don't know, a few years ago, this thing happened um, in North Dallas, around North Dallas-Richardson area, that they called a wind burst. I don't really know why they called it a wind burst, because it, it felt like a tornado. But whatever, they know things I don't know. But this wind burst hits uh, North Dallas-Richardson and it came out of nowhere. I'm telling you, like, the meteorologist didn't have time to warn anybody about anything. And it wreaked havoc on that area of Dallas. 
So much so that there were trees that had been planted there for 50 plus years that were uprooted all over the place. You drove around and the, there was just devastation everywhere. Some of the houses, I mean, this has been what, maybe four or five years? There are still some houses in that area that have not been fixed, just roofs torn off and uh, tons of damage. But, you know, I was thinking whenever, <laughs> I was thinking about wind being this, this violent agitation coming from all four corners, that's the way sometimes life feels, right? You can be going along, you're standing in faith, but life is good, so it's easy. <laughs> and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, chaos starts happening. It feels like life is coming at you from all four corners. And before you know it, you find yourself uprooted. And you're going, what happened? But God in his grace is so good. He's so good. He's not relying on you. He's not sitting there going, well, you better figure out a way to replant yourself. No, he picks you up. He sets you back where you were, puts fresh soil around you, waters you, and says, you can do this. I believe in you. Remember who you are. Remember who I've made you to be. Stay planted so your life will flourish. There's never any condemnation from, from Jesus. When Jesus said 2,000 years ago, it is finished, the Bible says a veil was torn in two from top to bottom, and it revealed this throne, this throne called grace that we had never seen before. And the Bible says that you, as his child, can come boldly to that throne of grace, and you find mercy and grace to help in your time of need every single time. It's all about what Jesus did for you and you trusting in that. Jesus shows up and shows us how to get right back on track. Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. The second truth I want you to leave with today is that is to render the storms powerless and shut them up for good. So you are awakened by the storm and maybe even pulled from the place of rest, but you can still get back there. Jesus said two things, and this is what you need to do. Peace, be still. My mom, she... Um, has this incredible thing about her is that she's an insane prayer warrior, like nothing I've ever seen. I mean, raising people from the dead on the side of the road, <laughs> praying and cancer leaving people's body, and I mean, the list goes on and on. And they have people that they pastored 25 plus years ago. They'll still call my mom. My mom's like, don't you have a pastor? But <laughs> they'll still call her. They'll still say, Miss Anna, I need you to pray for me. Why? Because they know when she prays, things happen. Yeah. But I like to call her Storm. I don't know if you've seen X-Men, but my mom is like the character Storm. She controls the weather. And so it's so funny because word has gotten out that, like, if you need something to change with the weather, call her because it's going to, it will change. Um, even, even simple things like we did, we, one time we, wanted, we were having a church picnic and it was supposed to rain and we didn't want it to rain. Because we're having a church picnic. And I'm telling you, like, the clouds were, like, almost touching our heads. It was so heavy. But as soon as the church picnic, picnic was over, boom, here came the rain. It was after it held off until we were done. God cares about everything. And, um, but one day, I was like, I'm going to call mom. I need her to talk to God about this storm. And he's like, hey, you have the same authority your mom has. 
why do you feel like you have to call her every time? I was like, you're right, Lord. Yeah, you're right. So I prayed, and then I called her and had her pray too, just in case, just in case. But truly, you know, God is no respecter of persons. The same thing my mom can do, you can do. The same authority she walks in, you walk in. It's just you knowing who you are. Listen, you are not simply a follower of Jesus or a disciple. You are a child of God. And the the sooner that we get our heads wrapped around who we are and the privileges and the will that we have been given by Jesus in our lives to walk in, the sooner you're going to have victories. The sooner the world's going to start looking to the church for the answers. We will be the city set on a hill that will not be hidden when we know who we are and whose we are. That word peace means to hush or to cause to be mute. And still means to close the mouth with a muzzle. To stop the mouth to be put to silence. You have to shut up fear and doubt once and for all and render them completely powerless in your life. It says, and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And that word ceased means it grew weary. See, whenever you're walking in the promises of God, the Bible says trouble's coming. We're going to have trouble because we live in the world. And it's a fallen world. So trouble comes. But when you know who you are and you're walking in your authority, at some point, whatever the situation is that you that you are fighting a faith battle in, the enemy's going to be like, guys, it's time to pack it up and head out of here. They're not going to listen to us anymore. Every time that, that the enemy came to Jesus, what did he do? He spoke the word. Guess what? He finally left because he knew that Jesus wasn't going to fall for it. You got you to gotta make the enemy know that you're not going to fall for it. Okay? You have to say what God says about you. Shut up fear and doubt and render them powerless in your life. And then it says a great calm came. And that means an exceedingly great tranquility. One of the words for peace in the Bible is a state of national tranquility, exemption from the rage of havoc and war. Jesus fought our battles for us. He has fought our battles. I love that that, uh, song, Defender. You fought my battles and then you call it my victory. Well, it is your victory. It is your victory. He fought it and now you get to live victorious because of that. One of my favorite scriptures is Philippians 4, 6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what happens? The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How many times have you been in a situation where the storms around you, everything feels chaotic in the natural, but you have supernatural peace? Right? It doesn't make sense in the natural that you would be at peace, but that's what God has given us through the Holy Spirit. Um, Something else, I'm just going to brag on my mom today. It's brag on Miss Ann today. Um, Something else my mom always told Derek and I, and man, it has been such a, a, one of the most powerful things for our life was follow peace. Follow peace. Why? Because where peace is, is where the Holy Spirit is. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what your situation looks like, if you'll just lean into God, the Bible says that he gives us wisdom liberally. 
So if you're asking God for wisdom for your situation, peace will come. Peace will come with, and illuminate the path that you need to walk down. Um, one, of the, one of the best examples I think of with that is uh, Peter, right? Peter is one of those guys that you're, you're kind of like, I get you. I get you, Peter. You know, one minute he's like, Jesus, I will never leave you. And the next minute he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know who that guy is, right? <laughs> or he's, next thing he's cutting off a guy's ear. You know, you're like, what is going on with this guy? But when the Holy Spirit came, when the Holy Spirit filled him, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he stood before the religious leaders and preached Jesus without fear, with boldness. And we have that same spirit that abides in us to stand before anything that comes against us and boldly declare what Jesus has done for us. I used to be, I used to struggle a lot with fear about my kids. And um, one, of the, one of the fears was um, a certain situation. See, I used to be the children's pastor here at One Cause for nine years. I was the kids pastor. And we'd take kids to camp every year. And there would be those parents that are like, I want them to go. I'm scared. And I'm like, what? They're going to be fine. Well, when it came time for Sophie to go to camp, I wasn't the kids pastor. And all of a sudden, I had an understanding of what these parents were feeling. It's called giving up control. Learn that now. But I was so fearful. I was just was, I had all these really terrible thoughts about what could happen to her while she was gone. And I just could not find peace. And, and, and I, <laughs> I'll tell on myself, I was like, God doesn't want her to go. I think he just doesn't want her to go. But it was actually fear that didn't want her to go. <laughs> my fear. And my mom's like, you know what to do? Just pray and, and God will give you peace about the right thing to do. Turns out God wanted her to go to camp because that's what peace told me. And she went to camp and she was fine. She's not, almost 19 years old. She's sitting right over here. But I want to leave you with a couple of takeaways today. Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? That word have is the word, it means possess. It also means to have and to hold. Isn't that interesting? When I think of to have and to hold, of course, I think about marriage vows. So I just want to say to you, marry yourself to faith. No matter what comes, hell or high water, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, I give you my promise, till death do us part. You must determine that faith is your forever life partner. Faith is who you turn to when times are tough. Faith is who you turn to when your heart is broken. Faith is who you turn to when you get a bad report. Faith is who you turn to when your finances aren't adding up. Faith is your best friend that you can't live without in this life. Hebrews 4, 19. Verse, Hebrews 4, verse 9. Sorry about that. It says, There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Can I just say something to you? If the creator of heaven and earth needed a day off, if the creator of heaven and earth needed rest, you do too. You do too. It's time to cease from working and just rest in him. 
I love this. It says, let us therefore be diligent. Um, I think King James says, labor to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. See, the children of Israel, they never entered rest. God had provided a promised land for them that they never entered because they just wouldn't believe that it was really as good as, as Joshua and Caleb said it was. They let fear keep them from the promised land. And see, that word diligent in that passage means to make haste. Or another version says to get there as fast as you can. Get to rest as fast as you can. God does not want you to live in fear. God doesn't want you to be afraid. God doesn't want you worrying about how things are going to work out. He says, hey, I provided rest for you. And every single thing that happens in your life, I want you to get to rest as fast as you can. That's what I have for you as my child, is this beautiful place of rest, resting in the promises of Jesus. That word ceased means to cease and desist. I was like, huh, that's, that's cool. I wonder what a, a cease and desist actually means. And um, I found this on Google. It says, um, a cease and desist order is granted by a court or government agency to, be, to an individual to stop an activity that is harassing, harmful, or infringing upon someone. See, the enemy is always trying to harass us, right? To bring harm, to infringe on who we are. But Jesus, he, or, he gave a cease and desist order 2,000 years ago that is yours. And it's called the, the word of God and the promises of God. So every time the enemy tries to come with harassment, you say, oh, I've got my cease and desist order. You got to stop that right now. Don't put up with it anymore. You have been given great and precious promises by Jesus. You know, I'm so grateful for the cross. If it was just eternity, wouldn't we be like, thank you, Jesus, if that's all it was? But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. And I don't know about you, but I don't want any promise that Jesus paid for with his broken body and with his blood to not be active in my life. And he doesn't want that either. He wants you to be walking out the, his promises in your life every single day. But it comes through you using your words and resting. You know, I just walked through the hardest year and a half of my life that I've ever faced. And I thought, man, it can't really get much worse than this. And then this week, we lost Miss Sandy Sparks, who was my mom's best friend for the last 40 years. She was like a second mom to me. I've known her since I was two years old. And you know, if there's something that I've learned about God, is that it, I may not understand everything that's happening in the natural. And I can ask why, and God can handle it. But if you know the truth is, if I knew the why, I don't think it would change anything. But what I do know is that God loves me and he's good. Those are things that I do know. 
And if you're here today and you're facing things that you don't understand, things that don't make sense, that you're living in a pain right now that you don't know how to come out of, I, I have the answer, and it's Jesus every single time. Because there's a lot of unknowns in this world. But there's a couple things that I do know. Jesus loves you, and he's good. And he has good for your life. Let's bow our heads for just a minute. This verse of scripture has really meant a lot to me over the last few months. And I just want to, I just want to pray for you. And I just want to tell you that no matter what is going on in life, no matter what has happened to you, this is written by King David, who faced a lot of really terrible things throughout his life. And he penned these words. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. Some things in my life didn't work out the way I thought they would. But God has never disappointed me. Even in my most broken hearted places, God was there. And if you will just determine that no matter what, that you're going to stay entwined with him, that no matter what the storm looks like, that you're going to marry yourself to faith and put your trust in him and give it to God and lay down on that pillow called rest that he has given you, you're going to get through it. You're not just going to get through it. You're going to come out better on the other side of it. You're going to come out stronger on the other side of it. You're going to come out on the other side of it knowing more than ever that you are loved by Jesus. Knowing more than ever who you are in Christ. See, this season of my life, I've had, I've had the privilege of leaning into God as my father. I thought I knew him that way. Turns out, not like I thought I did. And I'm so grateful. See, Jude 2, Jude 1 verse 2 says, Settle down. Everything's going to be okay. That love is on the way. So no matter how dark the path looks, love has all these things waiting for you on your path. And when you're starting to feel like, I don't know if I can make it, love is there. Love is there, and he's giving you everything that you need. You just have to abide in him. Abide in his love. And you will overcome every single time. You have to say what you want, go to rest, render the storms powerless, shut them up for good, and just thank God for who he is. Just simply thank God for who he is. I just want to pray over you. Father, I thank you. For those who are here today, Lord, and they may feel like the storms are surrounding them, that 
how much worse could, could life get right now? But God, I thank you for the reminder today. Hey, I love you. I have good for you. I have hope for you. I have a future for you. Just speak my word and rest in the finished work of Jesus. Lay down and be at peace, trusting that you will get to the other side. You will get to the other side of whatever it is that you're going through, and you'll come out better for it. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. God, that we get to live in this word that is full of so many wonderful things for our life. Lord, let us be the ones. Let us be the children who know more than ever how much you love us. Let us be the ones, God, who wake up every day ready to speak your promises over our lives, Father. I thank you, Lord, as we leave here today, Father, that we'll go out with a fresh gift of faith, Lord, a fresh wind of, of faith, Lord, a revival of our faith that you authored and you finished, trusting in who you are as we speak the word over our lives. If you're here today and you don't know this Jesus, you didn't know that you could live a life with Jesus, and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, giving you the boldness and the power to walk out every, each and every situation in your life. I want to tell you today that today is a great day for a new start. Today is a great day to become part of the family of God. So if you're here today and you want to say yes to Jesus, it's very simple. I'm going to lend you a few words, and we're all going to pray this prayer together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the, his finished work that because of the cross, I am forgiven. Because of the cross, I have been given great and precious promises. So today, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life and King of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.